You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally you get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. What up, homies? Welcome back to the Bet Slippin' Podcast, our 2022 NFL season preview rolls along, and we're looking at the AFC West today. I'm bringing in, or we're bringing in, a special guest, Chiefs Wire editor, Charles Goldman, joined the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Charles, what's up? How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Uh, I can't wait for football season. I'm pretty much like, almost like fiending, like scratching at the neck. I can't wait. Hall of Fame game. Are we betting the Hall of Fame game? I I was going to say, are you guys degenerates enough to bet on the Hall of Fame game? (laughs) It. I don't know. No Lawrence, no ETN. It could be fun one. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but you know, it's, Should I don't start off betting the Jags early. Oh yeah. I'm going to bet all 21 Jags games that they play this year. <laughs> I was, I lost so much money on the Jaguars. We're not here to talk about the Jaguars though, but it is, they are uh, playing an AFC West team, right? The Raiders in the, in the, in the uh, hall of fame game, or do I have that wrong? I, I, I honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I, yeah. I never pay attention to who's, who's playing the Hall of Fame game unless it's me. Because, I mean, I know it's just football and I'm going to watch it no matter who's playing. It could be the worst game on, but it's the first game and I'm always just like, I'm I'm fiending for it. So You guys might have yep. backed me into a fucking corner here. We don't even know who the, isn't the Raiders Hall of Fame game. Raiders game. I checked that out. All I right, checked perfect. that. Not, not to be like a Scrooge on this stuff because I... I have a bet going every single day. I do, but I actually have like a blanket policy where I just, I don't bet on preseason football, basketball, like definitely not spring training because like, I also like, I don't want to win or lose money and have that like affect my regular season handicapping because nothing matters in the preseason. Nothing like the biggest. It could be one of those situations too, where you're like, you're relying on like, you know, Patrick Mahomes to make a big play and they, they take him out right before, you know, right before he has a chance to score and they give Chad Henney all the goal line work and you're pulling your, you're pulling your hair out. You're just, you're so mad, but that's, that's the preseason for you. And you're not fooling these sports books by like betting like the first quarter or the first half, like they have that shit priced in. They know the rotations better than we do or the, uh, what, like what the, the, the head coaches are going to run out there, who they're going to play for preseason games. So there's, I, I say that, but there's been a couple instances, instances where just like through the USA Today network, hearing different like beat reporters, wire reporters that like I've picked up on data, actionable intel, and I've made moves in the preseason. It's not a blanket policy. It, it is for the NBA, but for the NFL, like maybe I'll bet one game a year. It, it's definitely not going to be the Hall of Fame game just because like, there is no starters in it, right? Like they've yeah. the Jaguars already announced they're sitting everyone, and then I know the Raiders pretty much replied with, "Yeah, uh, us too." How can you not bet the Jaguars in a pointless game, though? It just feels right. Yeah. That's all I'm saying is it feels right again. <laughs> all right, there's far too much preseason right, here. Yeah. Uh, you guys obviously heard from Nathan Beagle, aka Nate Dog, the homie. He's joined us here again. It's uh, me, him, and Charles Goldman from Chiefs Wire, the Chiefs Wire editor. 
as you guys know, or as you know, Nate, we go through um, the order of teams that we preview is by how they finished last season. So we're going to start off here with the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, who finished last year um, 12-5. and It was their... Uh, to win the AFC South. It was their sixth straight time winning the AFC South. Uh, what I thought was interesting is that they went under their 12.5 win total, and it was the first time in Andy Reid's nine years at KC that they went under their win total, and they went under by a half game because it was 12.5. It was so ridiculous. They couldn't get over it. Um, yeah. It was kind of a crazy season. Uh, their defense went from like all-time bad to actually playing good games in the middle of the season, rounded out to a pretty respectable unit. Um, they ended up losing the AFC Conference Championship to Cincinnati Bengals after... They did, baby. After just pounding Pittsburgh 42-21 in the wild card round, and then, of course, that awesome uh, overtime thrilling victory over the Buffalo Bills in the division round 42-36. Uh, but this is where we turn it over to our esteemed guest because he is the Chiefs Wire editor. Uh, how do you feel about the Chiefs coming into the season, Charles? You know, actually, I, I feel uh, pretty good, all things considered. I mean, I feel like when you have, I mean, potentially you're, you're moving on from two future Hall of Famers, like that that's never a good feeling, right? So, you know, Tyreek Hill gets traded to the Dolphins, Tyron Matthew, they say goodbye, uh, and, and kind of you know, those two moves, they, they make you a little uncomfortable, but uh, from what I've, I've seen and, and what I've heard uh, with, with what's going on at, at training camp, um, I'm, I'm optimistic that they've made the right moves to kind of uh, counteract those losses, those big losses. Yeah. One of the names that I read or that flashed in front of my eyes when I was previewing the Kansas city chiefs again today, before we started recording was uh this kid, the safety, uh, Juan Thornhill, showing out a little bit in camp. Can you speak to that or maybe shed some light into that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think Thornhill, you go back to his rookie season and, like, he was having, like, a defensive rookie of the year type season. And then last game of the year playing against uh, the the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, tears his ACL. And then he doesn't get to go and participate in the postseason run in which the Chiefs go on to win uh, Super Bowl 54. And that that was tough on him, like mentally, like seeing his teammates out there, seeing them go through that, win that. Um, and, and the knee injury physically was very tough for him. It took him basically two full years to come back from it and feel physically and mentally fit. Um, and I think now we're starting to see all of that come to fruition uh, in this training camp. We're seeing him a little bit more confident in himself, um, moving a little bit faster. He's got a great uh, mastery of the defense, um, but he's got that that sideline to sideline ability from the deep safety spot. But he's also a guy who can kind of come up and, and roll into the box on occasion, maybe play that role that that Matthew played uh, on occasion. And the Chiefs brought in Justin Reed in free agency opposite Thornhill to kind of have them almost as um, interchangeable pieces. They like to do that type of stuff with their safeties. So I think there's going to be a lot of those two guys playing off of each other. Um, and, and I think they're really going to help um, what mostly is a young secondary otherwise. Yeah, I think the other thing that I would like to hear you speak a little on is so I was looking at in my recap or what I was looking forward to in this chief's thing, 
is they have a they had what four first and second round picks. So uh, they had, yes. So they're bringing in uh looks like a DE, a cornerback. Uh, they obviously lost. Who'd they lose? Uh, Tarverius Ward at cornerback, who well. was a so baller. In a wide receiver, yeah. a DE, a cornerback. Um, do you expect a lot from them? I mean, first and second round picks usually get some immediate contributions from. Um, are they looking to play large roles in the roster? Do you know that yet? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I'll tell you, there are probably about like four or five guys right now who are rotating in uh, with the first team from the rookie class. Um, Trent McDuffie's getting just a ton of snaps. He's their their uh, top pick 21 overall they traded up for him uh he's he's one of the starting cornerbacks right now you can lock that in um i will say he's having some struggles he's not the biggest guy and you're seeing in camp that he's having some struggles going against some receivers like marquez valdez scantling or juju smith schuster some of these guys who are bigger longer um so he's gonna have to learn as he goes kind of you know how to combat these size speed guys um, a little bit better than he has so far in camp, but I think he's improving there. And I think he's getting, you know, valuable reps right now. Then, uh, you're going to have George Karloftis who's rotating in with the, the first team defensive line, uh, at the edge rusher position. Um, he's had some really good reps. One-on-one has been his strength, uh, in training camp. He hasn't had as good of reps in team drills. He's still kind of working his way through that. I think once he's playing against maybe some guys who aren't his teammates, he'll um, unleash a little something that he hasn't so far. Um, And then uh, I would say Sky Moore has been probably the most exciting rookie. Um, He really worked his way up. He was working primarily with the second team uh, in the early goings of training camp. And he had a big day. I want to say it was maybe day three or day four in a big day. And next thing you know, he's working with the first team starting offense, not missing a beat and uh, really showing out with, with Mahomes throwing him the ball. Um, he, he had a little hip injury thing that happened the other day, but he was back at practice today. And um, then there's some other guys. Leo Chanel has been working in with the first team. Brian cook safety has been kind of rotating in with some of those DBs uh, when they go to the three safety sets that they use. Um even Joshua Williams, four, fourth round pick, cornerback, uh, D two cornerback, played for HBCU Fayetteville State. He has been getting a lot of starting reps uh, at cornerback. Actually, opposite Trent McDuffie, he's got like a same size profile as like Charvarius Ward. So, I mean, I think as far as you know, rookies who are going to contribute, I think this class is going to rival their last class, which had Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. You know, a lot of these guys who come out on the offensive line and are starting right away, Nick Bolton, who got a ton of starting snaps on defense, linebacker. So I think you're going to get some guys out of this class who are getting a lot of snaps right away. Will they be as successful? I think it's going to be more like we're throwing you into the fire uh, situation and seeing what you can do with it um, for some of these guys, specifically the cornerbacks, I think, um, are probably going to see a, a little bit more struggles than, than the other guys. Gotcha. Um, Jeff, do you have the betting breakdown for us real quick? Yeah, I can give you guys a betting profile uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hold on real quick. Uh, their win total is 10 and a half. <clears throat> excuse me. Overs juice to minus 120. To make the playoffs is minus 220. To miss it is plus 175. They're the favorites to win the AFC West at plus 162, plus 500 to win the AFC, and plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. Is either one of those jumping out to you, Nate? 
Uh, nothing there jumps out to me. I will say I'll go ahead and go into the one bet that I do like. I told you uh, before we started recording that there was one bet that I was like, you know what? Jeff might get behind me on this value. So It's in the Chiefs. I'm, <clears throat> yes, for the Chiefs. So I'm going to say I like Travis Kelsey to have the most receiving touchdowns at plus 1,300. Don't let me let me Don't explain it. it why. So Cup led the league last year, 16 touchdowns. Regression's probably going to be expected there. Allen Robinson and Cup just may not repeat the performance he had last year. So Kelsey had nine last season, 11 the season prior. With Hill out there, the their possession should be extended. He's the clear red zone favorite. Kelsey was the only player in the league last season to have nine or more touchdowns and a perfect catch rate within 10 yards. No shit. I mean, I think he, you, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah, I was looking up red zone numbers. So he had the highest catch rate in the red zone of players with at least seven touchdowns as well. So he's a menace in the red zone. And without Hill, I expect them to have some longer possessions. He'll be more of a focus. And honestly, I think there could be value and he gets at least one a game. So, I mean, it, it's just going to be a sprinkle, but it was something a lot of their season long numbers, given how good they could be, still don't pop out to me. I mean, Ben on a team, they have the hardest schedule. And if you look at Warren Sharp, it is by far the hardest schedule. So I'm not really going to put money that they're going to win 11 games, but I'll put money that Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown a game. I'm going to put money on 11 games. <laughs> I that That's one of my best bets, guys. <laughs> oh, you, love the 11? Oh, oh, you, you like over 10 and a half? I like, I like it, man. I like over 10 and a half. Um, Again, I, the guys I, went over eight of his nine years in oh, KC. It's just like a, you can set your watch I, to it. Before I get into that, though, I want to push back a little bit on the, uh, on the Kelsey uh, thing. Uh, I, I think there's one guy who could really ruin your day on this. Juju's going to get all those reps. I, I think Juju's great, but I, I don't know. It's going to be Juju. I think it might be this kid, Jody Fortson, uh, another tight end on the team. Um, he's, he's a big target and he was like on the cusp of a breakout last season and he tore his Achilles in uh, week six. So, I mean, Kelsey got a lot of the targets that I I'm thinking that maybe he would have got, last season had he been healthy and he's looking even better this year. He, he had a quad issue and he's been sitting out the last couple of days, but um, I think he's going to be a big part of the offense this year, especially in the red zone with, with Tyreek Hill gone. So I think if there's one guy that's going to rain on your parade on that bet, it might be Joey. Well, I'm going to go to tight end sets are growing <laughs> popular and oh, they are prove that they, you can crush it with them. So Let's hope Kelsey still goes off. I still like it. I mean, yeah. if the biggest sweat for your bet is Jody Fortson, I, I'll, I'll live with that. I, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. might be able to play a little bit, but he's got to be the third string tight end technically, right? Obviously, Kelsey won, Blake Bell too. You're saying I, I, this kid's going to beat I him think out? He would, beat I up think he would, would end up being two. I think okay. he would end up being two in this situation. No, if he's a star, that's definitely one way that could – hurt Kelsey's uh, touchdown or, or, or just production. And, like, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they got worse at wide receiver. Like, quite obviously, they got rid of probably the best wide receiver in their in their organization's history. But they also got deeper. You know what I mean? I, so, like, they yeah. can go in different directions. Like, they can, they can make the up way, their production. That's kind of the way I feel, too. They, they traded, like, that – elite top end talent for now, just a better all around group than they've really ever had with Patrick Mahomes. Like I, even when they had Sammy Watkins there, I, I think this group is better all around. Uh, uh, the, uh, a specific question I had for you is which one of these 
wide receivers would you draft in fantasy? We don't really do fantasy here, but I am interested. Which ones would you draft in fantasy? I'm taking Juju all yeah. the way. I, I think, <laughs> well, gosh, I'm getting into all my best bets early here. No, I, you, I it's think, all good. We just have to recap him at I, the end, but go ahead. Yeah, riff, I, I, I think he's going to go over a thousand yards receiving for the uh, first time since I think, what was it? His second year in the league. Um, I, I think, I think he's going to have a breakout. His, uh, his chemistry with Patrick Mahomes, like during OTAs and, and, uh, mandatory mini camp weren't seeing it. Um, since he's been at training camp, I mean, all he does is get open. He's just open all the, I, I honestly think that there have been reps at camp where like Mahomes probably should have thrown it to Juju because he was open so quickly um he, he's just always been open and and the connection they've shown so far is really really impressive i i like um kind of the evolution of mahomes with with these bigger receivers he's learning how to use them in a way that you know really didn't didn't have much of an opportunity to do so i think you know chris conley maybe in 2018 was like his biggest target that he ever had like six foot three type of guy um good athlete but he never really learned to, to use his length the right way and put the football in a place where only he can get it. And he's doing that with, with Juju. He's doing it with Marquez. But specifically with Juju, I mean, they they look good. He looks like the wide receiver one. Yeah, I'm excited for, I don't know, a bounce back season. Maybe looking at him for like comeback player of the year. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, that wouldn't be it's a bad potentially. one. Yeah. My thing with the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm just going to pass on really betting them in any way, shape, or form. Um, they they really pop on like the luck base metrics, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, their their schedule somehow got a little harder, <laughs> even though it was really hard last year. They're plus four in turnover differential. They're the healthiest team in the league, according to Football Outsiders. Five and three in one score games. Twelfth in turnover uh, fumble luck. So like those are all things, and they were, I think first and third down over expectation which means they just converted a shit ton of third and longs i mean that's partially just like patrick mahomes being sick at football and andy reed you know being awesome at designing plays all that shit but there should be some regression and like the biggest thing about just the chiefs this year or the division as a whole is i i actually believe all three teams got better or all three of their opponents got better and you can't really I can't really hear an argument that they've definitely gotten better the Chiefs. Like I think they've had to have gotten worse, right? I mean, we'll see. And it just it seems like there's a lot of uh reliance on young players or like like player like Frank Clark. It's like do you have one more can you show us something that you haven't shown us since we acquired you, right? Especially yeah, lining Frank- up next to Chris Jones. So Frank has changed. He uh, he dropped a ton of weight. He came in last offseason, 262 pounds. This year he's right around 250, and he looks faster. I mean, you don't really – you're not really going to get to tell uh, until the preseason, but he looks better than I've seen him since he's been in Kansas City. But, like, a concern that I have, Charles, is, like, think about how long it took your defense to warm up last year. Oh, yeah. And this is what, no. pretty much the veteran secondary it, veteran. Like there was no changes. Like you look at your schedule right now. Like these are your first, these are your first. It's a seven valid games. concern. It's a valid concern. Yeah. And I think that the rookies, the young players, especially in the secondary, they are going to have to take their lumps. 
Like they are going to be thrown into the fire. They're going to have to learn and learn quickly. Um, but I think, you know, if the chiefs are sitting at like three and three and improving or like, you know, four and two and improving through those first six weeks, they're going to be in a good spot. If they're losing games to like, you know, if you lose to Las Vegas, you lose to Arizona, you lose to the Colts, you lose those games, you're going to be, you know, probably looking at a, a bad season coming up. So I, I'm thinking, you know, you win those games and maybe you you pull out a win against Tampa if they still got some offensive line problems or, you know, you pull out a win uh, against uh, the, the Chargers on a short week miraculously or you know, yeah. something like that. Uh, you're going to be feeling pretty good about yourself. I just know people are down on the Cardinals to me, like at Cardinals week one is not a, it's not a fucking gimme. Like the best version of Kyler Murray <laughs> is week one. Like, you know what I mean? That's the yeah, healthiest, it, best version yes. of him. So best version of Kyler Murray is week one. Is it going to be the best version of the rest of the team though? I don't know. I mean, Marquise Brown's out here getting For arrested, sure. you know, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. going to have Deandre Hopkins. Like I, I think that, um, I also think that there's some advantage to having so much newness coming into that first week. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how do you prepare for that? If you're the Cardinals, I mean, you're going to go and look at some of Andy Reid's old stuff, but you know, he innovates, you know, he changes things every year. You know, he installs probably like, you know, 50 new plays at the start of the season that you've never seen before. So I, I, I just think, um, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of variants. There's a lot of ways it could go. It's definitely hard for, for you guys, for the betting community. Um, but it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting year. I think that maybe for, for Kansas city, if you're looking to bet on them, the second half of the season might be more of your uh, forte than, than early on. Yeah. So if they drop to three and three or let's say even like four and three heading another week, eight by, right? Like yeah. maybe you get, Chiefs plus 300, plus 350 to win the AFC West, you know? Yeah. Keeping in mind that, like, Denver, Vegas, or Chargers didn't give out, get out to, like, a 6-1 and one run, something like that, you know? But, like, if it's everyone's within shooting distance of the Chiefs and getting them at a much better number midseason, I don't hate the logic behind that. And, yeah, yeah like, I'm just kind of giving you the the, I don't know, the downside or, or the reasons yeah, no. why I'm staying away from the Chiefs. Um, but like, I'm not fading them just because like, I'm not, I'm not betting Kansas city and Andy Reid to go under two straight years. Like that, yeah. not betting that Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the game, not arguing that. Right. So it's like, I'm not like running to fade them. It's just like, sure. like this is the best their division has been. And to me, this is the most questions they've had about around their roster since made, making Patrick Mahomes a starter. And that's just kind of where. It's like, you know what? I'm going to keep my money in my pocket with Casey. That's kind of my thought. Yeah, and I think that's that's a fair assessment, too. Um, I, I'm not sure that, you know, I would be uh, telling a lot of people to go out and run and bet on him uh, either. Uh, but there might – I think there are probably better bets out there to make. All right. Well, it's hopefully we can find some uh, throughout this podcast. Do you have any other final thoughts on, on Casey? All right, cool. So let's move over to the team that finished second in the AFC West, which was the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they were 10-7, and seven, advanced to the AFC playoffs with a crazy Week 18 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. Both teams were looking like they were going to tie and both make the playoffs, but Vegas spoiled uh, the LA Chargers season. They ended up losing in the wild card round 26 
19 to, to Nate's Cincinnati Bengals. Car yes, was, car was uh, intercepted in the end zone on fourth and goal with 12 seconds left. Almost got Vegas back into there uh, to, to perhaps pull off an upset, but couldn't happen. Um, I'll give you guys the betting profile before I turn to you first, Nate, but the Las Vegas Raiders are projected to win eight and a half games. The overs at minus 120, uh, plus 200 to make the playoffs for a second straight year. And Josh McDaniel's first year as head coach of the Raiders, the no for the Raiders <clears throat> to make the playoffs is minus 250, plus 650 to win the AFC West, plus 2,000 to win the AFC, plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl. Um, what are your thoughts coming into this season about the Raiders, Nate? So obviously they got Devontae Adams. That was huge. They have, I mean, the AFC West is loaded, as we know, but they have the 30th hardest schedule in the league. They didn't really get much help in the draft. So their biggest two offseason moves were getting Chandler Jones from Arizona and then getting Devontae Adams. I think they're going to be improved. I think they're going to be able to compete. I don't have much on them. I didn't think uh, there was many great bets out there, especially considering how difficult their schedule is. I don't hate betting on them to make the playoffs at that number, but um, otherwise uh, I'll just turn it over to Charles. I don't have a ton on Oak or not even Oakland, Las Vegas. Yeah. I, um, my, my concerns with uh, the Raiders and the area where I think, you know, team like KC can take advantage is I, I look at their defense. Um, I mean, Chandler Jones. Yeah. Great move to go and get him and pair him with, uh, with Crosby, but, he hasn't, I don't think he's practiced yet at training camp. He's been out. I don't know if it's an injury or, or what. They're kind of keeping that close to the chest. So um, that concerns me. Their secondary is is not um, – it's We're relying a lot on uh, on some guys to step up. Like Casey Hayward at 32-and-a-half, you – I mean, I'm just. Oh no, wait. He left. Dude, never mind. Yeah, they yeah, got no. they got Rocky Sin for Yannick Nagakwe. They're running it back they with got, Trayvon Mullen. They got Mullen. Yeah. Jonathan yep. Abram, who looked awesome and hard knocks, looks the part, sounds the part. Definitely a guy you'd want on your football team, you think, but makes too many boneheaded errors. Just yeah, I think I think that you know their best bet with him might be to move him to like linebacker because he's got that downhill mentality, but he's not very good in coverage. Um, yeah, I just, I, I worry about that defense. If I was a Raiders fan, like that is, that is the fatal flaw in my team, um, is that defense. I think the offense will be fine. Carr has proven that he can be like a really good quarterback at times. Um, he's not been great, you know, getting to the postseason, And I think he's, you know, had what one playoff appearance and that was last year and he, and he lost it. So, um, I, I don't know that that Devontae Adams, even though they had such a great connection in college, they're clearly like very good friends. I don't know if he's like that one guy who can take this offense like over the top and give Carr the guy that he needs um, to, to, to really make this like, you know, an elite offense. Um, I'll do you one better. I think it's possible at wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think like, I think the wide receiver position might be the most overrated position, in any professional sport. Like, I mean, I'm, if if you have an elite quarterback, they should be able to turn whoever into into wide receivers. Like, you think right. like Green I mean, Bay Zay Packers? Jones went in, Zay Jones went and got three three years, twenty four million because he caught a few deep balls from Carr. Yeah. yeah, like you think like like oh, what are the Packers going to do without Devontae Adams? But like 
Aaron Rodgers made Devonte Adams. He had Jordy Nelson before him, who he pretty much right. made. You know what I mean? Now, so like now, now he's got Romeo Dobbs hype train. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think that 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 Nick Cage Conair looking mofo is gonna develop someone. I don't know. Yeah. Like he's gonna find someone to throw the football to. He definitely will. So I can listen to the argument of Devonte Adams being like, I don't know, overrated or just like him him almost like influencing the market to betting more on the Raiders and that being like a bad thing. But I do think Rocky Asin is a, is a nice pickup, like especially like getting Chandler Jones to effectively replace Nagaku or uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Nagaku. I think that's how you say it, but they flipped him for Rocky Asin, who's a good cornerback, yeah. obviously their best cornerback on their team now, right? They're thin at defense. I'm with you, but their pass rush like, I think Chandler Jones is going to be sick. Like, yeah, he's missed four practices in a row, according to Raiders Wire, but he's a Jones brother. They're all weird. <laughs> they do weird <laughs> shit. I don't know. He'll come come the regular season, that fool will ball out. I mean, here's a sack total the last, uh, I don't know, seven, eight years. Ten and a half, one, because he played five games, 19, 13, 17, 11, 12 and a half. Like, dude's a baller. Like, He's a fringe Hall of Fame pass rusher, and I think him and and Max Crosby are just going to wreak havoc on defenses or on offenses, excuse me. Um, But, you know, I kind of echo in Nate's sentiment. It's hard to get behind any team, get behind the Raiders here because they they had a couple variance metrics which are very uh, alarming, right? One is that they were 7 and 2 in one score games, and like that's fluky, right? Uh, they were tenth in fumble luck, so in that sense, it's like, well, did the Raiders get lucky? It's like, well, you can't argue the Raiders got lucky because John Gruden and and uh, I'm already forgetting his name. Who's the dude? Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. Yeah, like that. Those two situations were probably the worst any team has had in the regular season last year, right? So they definitely weren't lucky. Um, they did get lucky. With, or um, possible regression or progression metrics f- in their favor is they were minus nine in turnover differential. Uh, and then again, 24th in, in um, injury luck. So, like, I do think the Raiders have gotten better, but I think it's pretty well ac- uh, priced into the market. And we talked about this earlier, Nate, but, like, yeah, plus 200 to make the playoffs, that's a nice little payout. I'm interested but the AFC stacked. It's stacked, and like, yeah. it's not. not I'm better not than the worst sh- team in the AFC West to make the playoffs. Yeah, Even right. Though- yeah, like there's just so much variance, right? Like you can argue they shouldn't have been there that last year. Like it's a new coach. Like plus two hundred's close to getting my money. Honestly, like there's just a world of the Raiders win 10, 11 games and steal <laughs> the AFC West. Like if I was gonna bet them to make the playoffs. I might like half that bet and put the other half in the plus plus six fifty to win the AFC West just on some like effort shit. Like it's just whatever. Like, you know? Someone's gotta win that division. They're all gonna kinda beat up on each other. Like maybe the Raiders make it out. That's not my bet. I'm going with officially a pass on the Raiders, but um they I, I think they got better. Um I think Josh Daniels will be better the second time around. Um, but I could also see all that blowing up in my face. The the one thing that I would lean towards, I'm not even going to officially sprinkle on it, but like Max Crosby at plus 3,000 win defensive player of the year, that's a pretty sick price. So he would have been more of 
a threat to win it last year, but he just didn't get the gaudy sack numbers. He had 42 pressures, 30 quarterback hits, 19 quarterback knockdowns, was second in PFF, second in PFF's uh, pass, pass rushing grade, but he only had eight sacks. So you turn that number into 16, 17, obviously that's a big that's that's a big switch, right? But like I think there is a world where Max Crosby, especially Chandler Jones, occupying some offensive line bandwidth on the other side. I think there is a chance Max Crosby could get there, but um probably talked a little too much about a team that ultimately I don't have no action on. Any uh, final thoughts on, on the Raiders, Charles, or just any Raider thoughts in general? Yeah, you- yeah no, I, I think uh, if there is a best bet for the Raiders, I think that Max Crosby one's probably right on the money. Um, he's gonna, he's going to eat with, with Chandler Jones being on that opposite side. Uh, he's going to get some good matchups, some one-on-ones that he wasn't really getting last year. And, and I think those sack numbers should go up. Yeah, yeah, like the sack numbers should be hitting – 13 14 minimum if as long as the other stuff uh uh remains static year over year all right so let's move on to the uh to the los angeles chargers who finished third in the afc west after that brutal week 18 loss to the vegas raiders it was the first year of brandon staley last year um second year of the wonder kid justin herbert um but um, the Raiders betting profile is eight and a half wins. Excuse me. That was the, uh, the Raiders, the, the Chargers betting profile, 10 and a half wins. The overs plus plus one ten. under is minus minus one thirty five. Um, to make the playoffs is minus one sixty. nose plus one thirty. AFC, uh, Chargers are plus two forty to win the AFC West. Excuse me. Plus seven fifty to win the AFC and plus 1300 to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I got to take a stand somewhere, and um, this is kind of where I take my stance. I I like the Chargers at plus 230 to win the division. Um, I like that number. I think they got a lot better year over year. I love the additions they made to their defense. I think they had the fifth highest uh, or fifth most free agency money spent this offseason. A lot of it was spent on defense. They added Khalil Mack, uh, Sebastian Day. I'm missing a name in there. There's three names. Joseph. Thank Sebastian you. Joseph Day. Sebastian Joseph Day. Austin Johnson. So they beefed up their defensive line. Added J.C. Jackson, who's a monster in the secondary. Um, you know, they got second-year cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. back there. Um, and obviously Derwin James, if he can stay healthy, is, uh, is a real factor uh, in, the, uh, in the secondary. I think the coach will be better off after making a whole bunch of iffy at best, stupid at worst, high leverage decisions on fourth downs. The the variance metrics are in their favor. They were uh, uh, four and five in one score games, 26 in turnover luck. Their schedule gets a little bit easier. And they were absolutely terrible on third down and in the red zone. And I just, I feel like they almost have to get better, uh, better excuse me. And yeah, like their schedule is is much easier. Went from 15th strongest to 23rd strongest corner of football outsiders. And they only have one bad weather game, week 18 against Denver. Again, I have to make a stand somewhere. Um, and and another uh, another couple markets here, Chargers related, that I'll, I'll throw some sprinkles at. I think Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack to win defensive player of the year are a good look. Like, I'll, I'll put an official sprinkle on those. So, put like, I don't know, if you're – Standard units, $100, maybe bet $10 on Joey Bosa, plus 2000 to win Defensive Player of the Year, and Khalil Mack, plus $3,000. i am just 
I think Justin, or I, just, I think Herbert is a force. They have a legit offensive line. We'll see about the weapons. They they could be a little bit better, but Herbert is a stud, and I think this defense is going to be much better year over year. So Chargers are my official pick to win that make the AFC West, but I feel like you're kind of champing at the bit to, to here, zag on that, Charles. Here's here's the thing with the Chargers, and we hear it every offseason. We've heard it every offseason for like the past 10. You know, it's always they've got this great team on paper. You know, it's their time, this, that, and the other thing. And they they choke. They've always – they've ch- look at what they did last year against the Raiders in a win-and-in game. And they've got largely the same roster. they got the same coaching staff. I mean, um, I don't know. I, uh, I, I have a hard time betting on the Chargers ahead of the season because I'm like, prove it. I'm just like, prove it. They haven't been able to prove it to me yet in any of these years that everyone's been hyping them up in the offseason. And I just worry that they're the same thing is going to happen. I mean, you you said it with Staley. He made a bunch of like really kind of boneheaded decisions on fourth down. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, that worries me. I mean, you have having an aggressive coach is a good thing, but like you have to, you know, know when when, when it's going going to go in your favor. Right. Like you have to have a better sense for that. Um, and I feel like he, he didn't and, you know, maybe he learns, maybe he doesn't. Um, I, I mean, I, it, it's hard to, to take that step up in terms of coaching in the NFL. Um, I feel like some guys get stuck in these bad tendencies and, and, you know, are, are kind of, it's kind of hard for them to, to oversee it. I mean, you, you look at, you know, Andy Reid, he's got the reputation for like bad clock management. He's been carrying that around for years and years and years. I mean, it never is, you know, it, when he came to Kansas City, they say the same thing about him. Oh, so, yeah. I grew up a Giants fan. I used to love his time management. Yeah. So, I mean, like if, if Staley's quirk as a coach is that he makes bad fourth down decisions, that might be the thing. Uh, and that might be the thing that sinks the ship. So, um, I have a hard, like I said earlier, I have a hard time placing like a, a preseason bet on a team that I am still waiting for them to prove it. Yeah. I will say on my end, it's just like, you got to think that every year they've had Herbert, they've got better. He's got better. Defense is better. If there is a year to prove it, I feel like it could be this year though. I get yeah, maybe they say that every year. I'm not as detailed in the AFC West <laughs> they as you. Do. They but... do, man. No, I mean, the, I, the I, national I, media every year has been been hyping it up, and you know, local media they always you know they look at that roster on paper and they're like, "Whoo, this is good. This is really good," and, and it gets better every year. It has, um, but they just haven't they haven't been able to prove it. Yeah, like I live in Long Beach, California. I have a bunch of San Diego. Uh, well now char Los Angeles Charger fans and like this is something they've known and like effectively accused the national media for years like you guys are jinking jinxing us you always say right. we're gonna be good and we always suck I do think that the the major difference is what Nate was saying is like you have an improving young quarterback like effectively Herbert's. the Chargers just said oh Philip Rivers will be different this year like that's right. what they said every single year <laughs> and that sounded that got ridiculous towards the end. I, I think if there is a bet to make for the Chargers, it's got to be centered around Herbert because he he has been good. Um, I do think, you know, there have been some situations where he's had some questionable games. Like I think last year they, they had the weird, you know, obviously the Raiders, I think, didn't they lose to Jacksonville? Like I, I think they had a weird 
They had a couple no, of weird they, losses. They lost to Houston. Houston. It <laughs> was Houston. 16. They, right. They gave up 41. I think Rex Burkhead like just gotten that ass. Just right. Ran right. All over. Right. Right. But like but they addressed that with what's his name? Sebastian Day. With Sebastian Joseph. I, I just don't I mean, did they? Did they I hope they did. They tried. But if you they, they got three defensive linemen. They here, at least tried. Okay. But here's my question to you. If you have an elite quarterback, should your elite quarterback not just like absolutely trample and destroy the Houston Texans? Like no matter what, even if it's like a shootout, should like he not be be getting after him? So that that's my concern with with um, with Herbert. I, I do I do like him a lot. I do think that he will be even better this year. But that that's my one concern. If you're losing games to the Texans, you're losing games to the winning in games to the Raiders. Like that that concerns me. I mean, I just kind of more or less excuse excuse that for like him being young and going through it. And it's just like the Patrick Mahomes thing is just once in a lifetime. Like the, the the synergy with him and Andy Reid and how fast it clicked, you know, and how well that whole thing was executed. It's just like I don't I don't know if you're subconsciously doing it, but it's almost like you know what I mean. You're grading Justin no. Herbert based on like Mahomes' success, and it's I, like you no, know, I'm with you. Mahomes better quarterback than Herbert. Like I'm not arguing that at all, but it's just like. Yeah, he sucked, or he he made some errors down the stretch with a first year coach. I think they'll all improve from it, and you know what I mean. Like, I just you know I I do think this this division has the highest variance because it's the most competitive, and it's just like yeah. this is a, oh. a number that jumps out to me effectively. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be exciting. Like, I um like Herbert, I think has got the second best odds to win the MVP. Yeah, that's crazy. That's fair, yeah. right? But it's like, or he's the, he's the third behind. It's Josh Allen plus seven hundred, Pat Mahomes plus seven fifty, Justin where, Herbert. Where, uh, where is where? I'm like, where's Burrow at? Come on, man! Like, I mean, he's six. But like, Nathan, where where is Burrow at? He's got to be ahead. Right I know now, where Burrow like. is, baby. But to me, it's like all these numbers. Like, we can quibble over it or or, yeah. or debate, but they're all pretty fair. Right, you want to say Mahomes is technically better than Allen, he should be the favorite. Okay, but like there isn't real value in seven fifty to seven hundred. Like you're paying yeah. like it's a pretty expensive future ticket. Like Justin right. Herbert, I'm high on his upside, right? He's got the same odds as Tom Brady. That feels fair. That feels fair, right? Aaron yeah. Rodgers, you know, like he's won back to back years, probably not gonna win three in a row, so that's why he's got the fifth best odds. But like, should he really be below Joe Joe Burrow? Who's six? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. It's tough. Like to me, the mark. What I'm saying is the most viable player market is is a fair price. And now, like the other Herbert markets would be looking at would be what offensive player of the year. That's probably the same sort of price or like over five thousand passing yards. Like I'm not. I'm not running to the window to bet on that shit. I'll tell you that. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. what if the Chargers exceed expectations? And don't play week 18, and that's how you lose that bet. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, this is the toughest division to handicap, and, and I'm happy we have you here to help us out. But it's, yep. it's you know, you got to make a stab somewhere. And I like the, I like the Chargers here. Um, the team I'm not very high on, but they have the talent. They just got a new quarterback. Uh, it'd be Denver Broncos. They finished last year seven and 10, started out three and oh, but dealt with injuries. Um, just a freaky year. It was the uh, end of the Vic Vic Fangio um, era in, in Denver. 
Uh, they're turning the keys over to the franchise and Nathaniel Hackett, um, Aaron Rodgers, former former offensive coordinator. Um, but, you know, the big news from this past offseason was trading Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and a bunch of draft capital to the Seahawks for, for Russell Wilson. Otherwise, they, I think, kept most of the team intact. They just had a, a big injury to t- Tim Patrick. Is it officially a torn ACL? Yeah, he's yep. done. So he's, he's done out. for the year. So they're already down one weapon. Uh, the betting profile, though, for the Denver Nuggets—not uh, Nuggets, sorry—Denver Broncos um, is ten and a half wins over plus one ten, under minus one thirty-five, minus one fifty for Denver to make the playoffs, plus one twenty-five to miss, plus two sixty to win the AFC West. So third best odds. Um, plus seven fifteen to win the AFC, plus fifteen hundred to win the Super Bowl. Uh, go to you, Charles, first. What are your thoughts about the Broncos coming into 2022? Well, I actually live in the Denver area, so I hear a lot about the Broncos uh, frequently. But um, did you no. did you grow up a Chiefs fan in Denver, or no, did you no. relocate to Denver? No, I've moved. I've moved around. I relocated to Denver recently. I've been I've been actually outside of Denver and Broomfield for about a year now. Oh. But. Uh, my my wife's from Denver and is actually a Broncos fan, so <laughs> I've had to I've had to deal with that for a while. Um, I, I actually remember like when we were still dating before we were married. I, I helped her throw like her Super Bowl party for the Broncos. That one that one stuck. <laughs> um, oh man, yeah. Well, well, you didn't throw the first one for him, right? What the Seahawks? The second well, one where they, they won? Yeah, yeah. It was the it was the one where they won uh, with with Peyton. That, there that party could have gotten pretty dark pretty fast. The Seahawks uh, yeah. won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Anyhow, um, I you know um, I think you know the Broncos did what they had to do, at, which was get better at the quarterback position. I just wonder how how much better Russ makes them because you know thirty three year old veteran. With the Seahawks, it looked like he was kind of on like the the downward trend. Still, kind of produces a lot. I think he probably, you know, fits that kind of run heavy offense that they seem to to want to go with. A lot of play action stuff like that in uh, in Denver. Um, I, I think losing Tim Patrick is kind of a big deal um, for the outlook of this team because I think it's going to force you know one of these young guys to step up. I know they have. Um, a receiver who they drafted late, who's also a return specialist, who has been showing out at camp. I think he'll probably end up being the guy that kind of takes over. Is that um, Montreal, Washington? Yeah, Montreal. Um, I, I think he's going to be a guy who kind of has to step up now. And um, But, I mean, they still have, you know, a pretty good, like, trio. They have, uh, what, Judy, Hamler, and um, uh, the, Sutton. Sutton. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. So I think they still have a pretty good trio Um, questions at the tight end position on offense. I think that could be a problem because I know that, that, uh, that Russ likes to target tight ends. He did quite a bit um, in, in Seattle. Uh, And then, you know, the defense, um, there are questions there being that, okay, how good are they going to be without Vic Fangio? Like how much of that was scheme versus, um, you know, the talent they had. I've heard a little bit out of camp that like, like they're looking good without him, but like, let's, let's see it in the preseason. Let's see it during the regular season, you know, against teams that, that aren't your own. Um, I I think that's kind of the, the big concern 
uh, I would say for, for Denver right now. Gotcha. So for me, then Denver to miss the playoffs is actually one of my best bets too. I, I just don't see it. They didn't add anything in the draft. Um, they added Randy Gregory and DJ Jones. I get the improvements that could be there. My biggest concern is Russ is 5'11". He doesn't have DK Metcalf and that offensive line. Isn't that great? And if you look at the AFC West and you look at how hard their, their last few months of the schedule is going to be, you're playing the Chiefs, the Chargers, teams that have elite pass rushers. And I think they could get to Russ. I think that could cause them a lot of issues. They do have the easiest schedule of the AFC West, but I, I'm not really buying that. I know you overhyped the wide receiver position, but I think it's hard to replace Metcalf and Lockett in that type of uh, situation. So they're them to miss the playoffs is plus 125. I'm not sure I would play it just because I, I prefer juicier ones for the season-long ones, but uh, I think it's got good value. Yeah, I mean, there's just uh, progression metrics in their favor. Their schedule gets a little easier. They dealt with a lot of bad injury luck. They took a few shitty losses. Actually, they pretty much took shitty losses every year Fangio was the coach, if you really think about it. Like, it's kind of yeah. crazy, some of the losses they took. Uh, not not Detroit Lions bad last year, but it was close. I mean, it was pretty bad. 27th and fumble luck. I, there's just a wide range of outcomes. I, I lean towards 2022 being a good year for Denver because Wilson's whack ass is still elite. Um, every unit is above average or has above average talent. So if Wilson is the guy, Denver will go far. I just I got to get a rant off my chest because I, I can't stand Russell Wilson. I think this fool sucks as a teammate and as a professional. I kind of think he's a backstabbing shithead. I think <laughs> it's complete garbage. Like all these football nerds drag Pete Carroll and talk about Russell Wilson like he's fucking John Oway or something. Like let's let's ride. Yeah, let's 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 run, let's, let's run through fucking uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and Seattle's timeline. They drafted him in the third round, received criticism for drafting him because they just signed Matt Flynn to a three-year, twenty million dollar deal. Whatever. Pete Carroll decides to start him week one, amid the criticism because he sees potential. Right then, Seattle goes on to lay the blueprint for winning on a quarter with a quarterback on a rookie deal. Everything that people talk about now surrounding that, they effectively started it, right? They were the first, they were the trend centers. Wilson has an all-time defense and running back, which are the top reasons Seattle won the Super Bowl. And this guy threw an interception in the end zone to lose a Super Bowl, and somehow Carroll is the only one getting blamed for that one. Carroll saw the future of Wilson as the quarterback and developing around a quarterback, got rid of his defensive core at the perfect time. Literally got rid of him at the perfect time. Acquired two Pro Bowl wide receivers eventually in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They were never bad at wide receiver, though. Doug Baldwin was pretty good. Um, They had a couple other good, decent guys. I love Doug Baldwin. Wilson was the second highest paid player in 2015. Became the highest paid player in 2019 with an extension. I don't know how much confidence Seattle and Pete Carroll put into Russell Wilson. I would say max, maybe probably 100% confidence in this guy, right? And this is kind of what I fall on. When you're the highest play, pay, highest paid player in the NFL, the offense is your responsibility. I'm not hearing this let Russ cook bullshit. This is the same reason like I'm down on Kirk Cousins and like everyone shit on Mike Zimmer, but it's like, well, wait a second. Once you're three years in the offense, you're getting paid $30 million to play quarterback. Hey, it's on you to convert third, convert third and long, right? Like, 
Pete Carroll deserves blame for anything that the defense does. That's fair. But like, I thought he just got scapegoated this whole time. And like, I'm not sold. Russell Wilson is like a top 10 quarterback still. Like I think under Pete Carroll, he was, but like, I think there's a lot of people hyping up his, his trade to the Broncos. Like this is the next Peyton Manning thing for them. Yep. And I I don't know that it's going to work out that way. I, I really don't. I uh, I think they're going to see like marginal improvements, and, and that like you know maybe maybe next year like they see like a ten win season for the first time in a long time. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen this season. The I, best. I think, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think I think they're they're you know they're going to struggle, and you know you got a first time head coach uh, that's going to play a, a factor too. Yeah, and I think like the best argument for like Russell Wilson being like resuscitated effectively would be what Nathaniel Hackett and and Lafleur did with Aaron Rodgers, right? They got him right. into his system, and Aaron Rodgers took to it and flourished in it, right? right? Same exact thing could happen to Russell Wilson. This team could win twelve games and win the division. I wouldn't be stunned, but I'm not putting money on that. Yeah, I I, I, w- I wouldn't bank on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's you know all I got in the Denver Broncos and effectively the AFC West. Um, but our, our final segment we like to call "Going to the Windows," where we lock in our best bets. So let's head over there now before we get out of here. The Bet Slipping Podcast, going to the window. All right, Charles. Since you're the uh, the esteemed guest, what are what are the bets you feel most confident giving out <clears throat> in the AFC West? So uh, I, I I went over the one earlier. I think Juju over one thousand, lock it in. I, I think that one is something you can bet on. Uh, just just from what I've seen out of him and out of Mahomes and their connection in the preseason, I, I think that's uh, or in in training camp. I think that's the 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 way that one's going to go. Um, I'm smashing the over on the Chiefs win total. I I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys like that one or not, but like I, I think back to twenty, I think back to twenty fourteen. You guys remember the twenty fourteen season for Kansas City? Who could forget? Right. But why don't you just <laughs> remind us? You, you got Andy Reid in his second year with Alex Smith, yeah. and Alex Smith goes through an entire sixteen game NFL season without throwing a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. All right, and the Chiefs still go on. To win, you know, they won nine, they went nine and seven. They went nine and seven. They went over they their were, win total. All right. And they were second, uh, second in the uh division, finished second in the division. So, I mean, and that's with Alex Smith as your quarterback and no wide receiver touchdowns. I'm like, what like the ceiling for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is just so incredibly high. I mean, even if you're facing like the 85 Bears every week on the schedule. I, I think that like like these guys can do it. I, I really do. And uh I mean you look at Andy Reid and his history, I mean he's got a hundred percent more wins than every head coach in the AFC West division. <laughs> he's, he has like over combined? two I mean yeah. like two of them are rookies, right? Com- combined, combined. Well, I think no, Josh McDaniels. Every coach as uh every head coach in the AFC West, other than the rookie uh Hackett, I, I think they've got combined twenty total wins. Andy Reid's got over 200 in his career. Um, he's just got the he's got the experience. He's got the pedigree. I, I think if it comes down to parity and close games and a tough division, I'm taking Andy Reid every time. Fair enough. What else do you have in your bet slip? 
Uh, make make the playoffs. Uh, Chiefs. This, yeah, Chiefs gotcha. making the playoffs. I I think that like this team, um, it, it's going to be hard in an expanded playoff uh, field for them to not make it. At the very worst, they're making it as that like last seed, you know, wild card team. Fair enough. Is that is that all you got, or you got anything else? That's that's what I got. Good stuff. Thanks, Charles. What do you got on your bed slip, Nate? I got Kelsey most receiving touchdowns at plus thirteen hundred. Chargers Chiefs dual forecast, so either of them to be first and second, whatever order matters, plus two thirty, and then Broncos to miss the playoffs plus one twenty five. Good stuff. Uh, the last note that I forgot to make about Denver, I, instead of betting Denver, if you like Denver to win the AFC East at plus 260, instead of betting that, just bet Russell Wilson to win MVP at plus 1,500, and then maybe Nathaniel Hackett plus 1,500 to win Coach of the Year. Because if Denver wins the AFC West, excuse me, not East, AFC West, those two are going to need to be spectacular. So yeah. instead of putting like a full unit on Denver to win the AFC East, put maybe a half and then split the other half on those two markets. But uh, my best bets here are, I, I already gave them to you guys, but I'm going Chargers to win the AFC West at plus 230 with sprinkles on Khalil Mack at plus 3,000 and then Joey Bosa plus 2,000 to win defensive players of the year, a defensive player of the year, excuse me. Uh, but that's it. That uh, wraps up our AFC West coverage. Um, before we get out of here though, uh, Charles, where can people find your stuff? Yeah. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at gold MCT NFL. Um, check out, uh, our website over at chiefswire.com. Uh, I'm also working now over with the uh, Casey sports network doing their uh, daily newsletter. So you can uh, check them out at Casey, uh, sports network on Twitter, um, or kcsn.substack.com. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us, uh, Charles. Next week, me and Nate will be back here with uh, the homie you guys have uh, heard from before, Cam De Silva. He's going to help us break down the NFC West. Do you have anything to say before we before we bounce, Nate? Wow, appreciate you guys streaming. All right, peace out, homies. This Take it is the easy. Bet Slipping Podcast featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here.